up, everybody? This is Hunter, and I'm here with Will uh, for the GK for Free podcast. Um, this GK for Free podcast is uh, your resource for uh, the best free goalkeeping on the internet. And I realize that's a bold statement, but hey, that's our goal, and that's what we're trying to get to. And uh, I feel like we're we're on our way to doing that. So, uh, what's going on, Will? How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It's Thursday. It feels like Friday. It does. I'm working from home tomorrow. Uh, my wife's got some doctor's appointments, so I'm going to try to work from home, which means I probably won't get much work done. But uh, got that Friday feeling driving home right now, so that's always cool. For sure. Yeah, it's so nice. Yesterday was so crappy, too. I mean, yeah. lovely outside. I feel like it's fun. It's- it's fair, though, to give us a crappy day if you look at all the amazing days that we've had. Yeah, weird, right? I, I know. It's felt like uh, it yeah. hasn't rained enough. Or, yeah. 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 Very, very un-Pittsburgh. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, look at that shirt. That uh, is a – where'd you get that? This is – uh, so – it's um a, a kid I went to high school with um, made this shirt. So and it's based off of the Snapchat filter that I used to write in for North for Sales because we don't have a Snapchat filter or a geo filter technically okay. what it's called. And so I used to every time I took a picture in North for Sales, I would write in red cursive just like this, right? And uh, I was okay. sitting in class my uh, a couple years ago at Pitt, and I looked on Snapchat, and he posted like this uh, concept, and I was like, dude, no way, you're you're making a shirt. And so then. I ended up, I actually modeled this shirt for him whenever he uh, released it. Yeah, because I'm the I'm the mayor of North for Sales, and so yeah, this is like a limited edition <laughs> release. And uh, so yeah, that's cool, man. I have uh, I threw off my work shirt. I actually got a Pittsburgh Pirates shirt on. So hey, we're uh, we're about the least the least soccered out soccer co- podcast hosts you're gonna <laughs> see at least today if they see uh, it. in this form. But hey, it's important to be balanced in this life. If I know yeah. anything, I know that. Yeah. Um, so, so look, the, the, the plan is to talk about um, 1v1s. And I, I sent you over the, the rundown. Yeah. The more I've been thinking about this, the more it's like, ah, like, especially with how, how low the topic of phase three, and we'll explain the phases in a second, but the, but the idea of, you know, all the trends in goalkeeping right now, um, with spreading and blocking and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I think we can almost do a, a whole episode on phase three. Yeah. So I think we'll make this one our first sort of two part. Uh, okay. And today we'll try to hammer into phase one and phase two, which, which are kind of simple, at least in theory, uh, try to give you a couple of helpful uh, points that I think will be completely unique uh, maybe to what you're, you're used to hearing about one V ones, even though it's the same message, right? It's the same three phase approach that, that is more or less universal because honestly there's nothing else nothing else yeah. that can happen mm-hmm. um so we're not going to get into all that loaded stuff it's funny because I, I was actually messaging back and forth on uh on instagram just before this uh before i left the office about um this high up account for that does goalkeeping similar kind of idea to what we want to do but they've, they've been there done that they're very good they're tons of followers and you know, I think majority of the content they put is just really, really good stuff. And I, I reposted a bunch of their stuff too, but he, he kind of posted this thing about uh, some, some blocking shape stuff. And I just sort of, I just sort of opened it up like, Hey, what, you know, I really want to know what you could want to think about this because we have, uh, we've sort of 
vibed a little bit off of our sort of, you know, too much blocking, too much spreading, too much giving yourself up early these days, not enough hands to ball, 50-50 bravery, mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. So I was a little surprised to see this, but um, so, you know, we were just kind of going back and forth. And um, so I'm kind of glad we're not talking about that part of it today because, yeah. I don't, you know, I, that's it fires me up so much. And not in a, like, confrontational way. It's just, like, I just think there's a lot of stuff out there coming from really – places and voices of authority in the goalkeeping world that I just don't know if they're helpful. I think they're almost like the opposite of helpful for yeah. a lot of goalkeepers. So. Yeah. I think I know what you're, where you're. Yeah. Going but, it, but you know, it was a very, very uh, healthy dialogue and I was trying to be super, uh, you know, humble and, and yeah, uh, right. I wanted I, cause I just wanted his feedback on, on kind of my, what my two cents were. And so I'm waiting to, I'm eagerly waiting to see what he, message back about that so um so that's that uh what's so we're gonna we're gonna get right into it um i'll let you sort of you put you on the spot and let you sort of tee up the you know 1v1s in general what kind of what are the three phases um as simply as you can describe them and uh then we'll get into the guts of phase one and phase two yeah all right well so the three phases of one v ones, and uh, so that, that having it in three phases—that's your thing, right? Like that's that's. No, that's not my thing. I think no. that's a universal, and and I'll, you te- you you explain it, and then I'll 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 explain why I yeah. think it's universal. Sure. I mean, I just I mean calling it that because I mean I yeah. I wouldn't know anything otherwise. That's honestly the way that I, that's all honestly the way I'd never heard one v ones presented any other way from the very first soccer camp I went to when I was twelve. It was still okay. that was the way that it was explain yeah okay well yeah so phase one would be uh an instance where um a ball is played through and it has the potential to turn into i don't want to say it without getting there yet but potential to turn into a true <laughs> 1v1 i guess and uh as yeah the well you could say you could even just say which would be you phase. just even do it in terms and yeah. relationship relationship between attacker goalkeeper and ball like that's that's what right. defines the the three phases sure sure so uh the attacker's running onto the ball the keeper has identified that it could be a 1v1 situation but we're able to get there before them so we go out yell keeper and we're able to get our hands onto the ball well before the attacker can get there and that's kind of like a an instance where we would be able to acquire 100 percent possession of the ball before the striker is able to get a touch yeah um great Phase two would be an instance where it becomes a 50-50 and requires the goalkeeper to get into a tackle with their hands. Um, More often, I mean, all of it is about reading the cues, but phase two specifically, you're looking for kind of a big touch, and then that's your cue to then go and get your hands on the ball. And essentially, I mean, if you can get both hands on the ball and hold it, great. But if not, you're just trying to affect the play. Yeah. Yeah, love it. 50-50 or 40-60 or 60-40. That's a gray area in there. All those kind of work if you fully commit into that. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, finally, we've got – Phase three. So, phase three would be an instance where uh, an attacker is coming towards your goal and they have the ball and it's 100% possession. Like, they have they've dribbled the ball, have kept it close, and now it's, it's a 1v1. And so uh, – 
again, phase one or two could stem from a phase three. Um, sure. You know, that could happen depending on uh, the kind of touch the striker takes or, you know, maybe they take too big of a touch and then it, you can get there very easily, whatever. Um, but in a phase three situation, we can't go diving in at the feet because the striker has the ball very close. So then we have to stand it up and gradually close to close down the angle, make the goal smaller. And then, I mean, eventually you'll either get hit with the ball, uh, make a reaction save, or maybe even get scored on or make them miss. Sure. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully not get scored on, but yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. So, so yeah. So at the very, very, very most simple guts of it, Will's a hundred percent right. He's right on with what I want to talk about. And he even mentioned some kind of key words in there that I'm glad he did because, uh, Again, I'm always kind of in my long drive home or late at night before I go to bed. I'm always thinking about these things and new new ways to see them. And are we, should we be challenging some of these concepts? And are we just doing it the same way because it's always been done that way? And so a couple of things that I'll circle back to that Will said there that are tried and true the right way to do it that I'm going to actually kind of try to spin on its head a little bit just to get you thinking differently and, and see if maybe that uh, can help. Uh, so – very most simple way, phase one, attacker has 100% of the ball. Uh, phase two, 50-50 moment between goalkeeper and attacker. Wait, I'm wrong. Phase one, goalkeeper has 100% chance to get there first. Uh, phase two, 50-50 or in the neighborhood of 50-50 between goalkeeper and attacker. And then phase three, attacker 100%, right? They've got possession. They received it. They're under control. Um, and we'll describe those beautifully. So uh, to go into the details now of uh, phase one, got my little note sheet sitting in my, in my very predictable traffic jam. Um, not gonna look down at my notes sheet just yet because I know it, but so for, I, I kind of wanted to come up with three sort of theme words for these. And I use these for the video content that I've, for the teaser video content that I put out there from our session that we did last weekend. Uh, with Anthony Mwembia uh, from the Riverhounds Pro Team and then uh, our two oldest academy boys keepers. Um, and so these words that go along with this. So the, so the big buzzword for theme word for phase one is going to be speed. Our big uh, our theme word for phase two is going to be bravery. And then our uh, theme word for phase three is going to be patience. And I think if you take nothing away from this podcast today, other than remembering those three words, speed, bravery, patience, it'll go a long way uh, yeah. with your approach to 1v1 play. Uh, because honestly, 1v1s are something that we really overcomplicate, especially now with the way that, you know, phase three is, is being approached. Phase three has almost become like five different phases in itself now. And I just think that's dumb. I think we can make, we can go back to making it much more simple again. Uh, and still allow you all out there that love your new blocking shapes ways at appropriate times to use them, um, just not using those all the time. So we're going to hit pause for just a second uh, while I prepare to go through this tunnel, and then we'll pop back on the other side. If we had, Okay, so uh, Will and I had a little segue there talking about hats, um, but we're back. And so we're going to get into phase one specifically. So our, our, our theme word for phase one was speed. Okay, so, so in a phase one moment, it can develop in a couple different ways. Um, I think the, the two most common ways that they happen are 
one, a through ball is played. Uh, uh, or two, an attacker takes a really big touch, gets out in front of them, or any kind of leading pass moment. Um, we're not going to go into a ton of detail here because it doesn't make much sense for me to try to draw this out for you in a way that you can't see it. But uh, the big kind of approach to phase one and, and what I want you to get thinking about with phase one. So phase one means that we're able to beat the attacker clearly to the ball, right? The most important thing with this, which is also a foundational thing for phase two and phase three, any 1v1 moment, uh, if you want to have a high level of success with these, if you want to play at a high level, uh, your ability to have a chance to make these plays has a lot more to do with your ability to read the situation, to, to be yeah. tactically aware, to have what so, so it's a lot less about doing the right thing, whether it's phase one, phase two, or phase three, and a lot more about preparing yourself for the 1v1 moment as you think that a 1v1 is going to happen. And, you know, if you're 13, 14, 15 years old, you, you – you understand what I'm talking about or older if you're younger than that maybe you don't you're gonna have to play a lot of soccer to start to be able to have a sense of when a through ball moment might happen or when an attacker is about to beat the last defender and get around them and your biggest advantage that you can give to yourself for any of these 1v1 moments is if you can go from what would be a normal shot stopping distance from your line for wherever that ball is, let's say the ball is, you know, 20 yards, 22 yards from goal, 25 yards from goal, you've positioned yourself two or three yards, four yards from your line, right, where you'd, where you'd expect to be if you're preparing for a shot. As soon as it changes from potential shot to this is probably going to be a through ball, that player's picking their head up and looking for a, a runner, or you see that runner coming from the other side or through the middle, or you see that this player is dribbling and trying to set your defender up to dive in so they get around them. You want to be successful. You have to start looking for that moment and then cheating to a higher starting point. So that means going from your conservative two, three, four yards where you'd be to save a shot, recognizing this is probably going to be a 1v1, and maybe getting to five or six yards. And maybe getting to five or six yards, not even in a way that has you balanced and set, but getting to five or six yards in a way that has you sort of loaded up on your front foot, leaning forward, anticipating getting through. Because what we say our theme word, theme word was for phase one, Will? Speed. Speed, right? So, so when that moment happens, that ball is played, we're only going to be successful in these phase one moments and keep them phase one where there is no contact, where they will get there safely by once that ball's played, not hesitating, committing and moving as fast as we're able to move. Doesn't mean you have to be a track athlete. It doesn't mean you have to be the fastest player on your team. But when you commit to leave your line in this moment, you have to go as fast as possible. Uh, two other things that are important about this, and then I'll let Will kind of summarize. Um, if you really want to do this at top speed, the ball early with phase one and phase two you need to practice trying to get to the ball on as straight a line as possible in as few steps as possible and this is typically one that's a little bit painful because it involves sprinting and diving and sliding 
right? So if you're on a turf surface, pain. Uh, grass surface can be painful, but we still have to develop that ability. Um, do it in as few steps as possible. You have to develop an ability to go from dead stop to top speed as quickly as possible. You don't want to lose that speed as you get into your dive. So you have to find a way to continue moving at top speed as you leave your feet. And for diving technique, for going down our ride, the proper way to do it is to take off my right foot last. These moments where it's all about you're not going to have the ability to decide which foot's going to be the foot that you're going to have to take off or dive or slide off of. So you need to be able to, whether you're going down on your right side or you're going down on your left side, you need to be able to do that on your right foot and your left foot. And that sounds complicated, but honestly, this is something with a little bit of practice will happen very naturally uh, as you get after it. Will, uh, you did anything else with 1v1s that could be helpful there? With Sorry, phase one, phase 1v1 one. that could be helpful there. Um, yeah. So when I, when I think about uh, phase one in particular, so it always takes me back to uh, the bubble, the green tree. Uh, I think it was one of my first yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. goalkeeper academies that I, that I ever did as a player. And we were doing the, the drill with um, – so it was just two cones side by side. And then there was a – whoever yeah. was serving was playing the ball. And the idea was to get the, to the ball before it cro crossed that line. And, yeah, uh, sure talk myself up here a little bit. I remember you guys chose me to demonstrate because I, we ran through it so many times and I was just leaving my feet from like five, six yards away just yeah. to get to the ball before it crossed the line. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, like, in, I mean, obviously that, that surface was brutal. Uh, Worst. Everyone that's ever trained there knows that. Um, but I mean, it, it comes down to, do you, you know, does it hurt as bad as getting scored on? You know, like you, right. you kind of have to. Or as bad it, as the potential contact with the player that might happen if you that, do go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, uh, I mean, obviously like there's a way to, to get used to the feeling, but you just have to do it. And yeah. um, you got to take that straight line, you know, and, and what I mean by that is like hands first, you know, head behind right. your hands and your feet should be last coming through that, that, uh, that tackle. Um, but, I mean, I think we can get into that more in phase two. I think. Yeah, that, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, look, this is – I'm going to put out – within the next week that we'll get tutorials out for phase one, phase two, phase three. And, um, you know, this is not rocket scientists, but just like everything else, if you want to get good at this, you need to practice it. So you need to work on setting a ball down 10 or 15 yards away, starting – you know, on a, from an arbitrary starting point and sprinting and diving that ball and getting there as quickly as possible. And I, a great little kind of game you can play with yourself is do the first one as fast as you can and, and count your steps as you go, right? And then do the next one and see if you can do it in, few, in one step fewer than that. And then and see as you continue to do that, you know, how few steps it takes you to actually get to the ball. And I think as you kind of go through that, sort of self-learning of that you you start to have these kind of really kind of crazy light bulb moments about how much ground you can actually cover and, and that's a, something that's going to translate into phase two and phase three the way that we're going to present it and, which is in my mind the, one of the biggest problems with goalkeeping right now is we're so afraid of 
contact and getting on top of the shooter and getting on top of the ball that we don't ever really move at top speed anymore. And, and, and when we present phase three, we're going to present it in a way that actually encourages movement at close to top speed, but in a, in a time that it's important because in one V one spoiler, right? Proximity wins proximity. Like the closer you can get yourself to the ball by the time that it's shot, the better chance you have to save. That's it. That's it. Like, and that's why I've had a lot of goalkeepers over the years that didn't do things necessarily the way that I see as the best way to play 1v1s. But if they were getting on top of the ball as it was getting struck or getting the ball before it, or, you know, I have no problem with that because that's all that's really important. We're yeah. going to give you a framework to be successful based on these three types of things that could happen. But honestly, you can do it however you want if you're getting to the point of contact. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, just about everybody anymore is not brave enough to do that. Uh, a lot of that is not your fault. If you're hearing us say that and it's not a strength of yours, it's yeah. a real problem right now in goalkeeping. Uh, so segue, right? Right into phase two. So so phase two, this is kind of the important one for me. Uh, because um, if you can handle this and if you can develop a level of comfort with this moment, you can be the sky's the limit for you in terms of your level of success in one v one moves. Um, because what most don't realize is so many phase threes could actually be a phase two if you really approach it with a level of tactical intelligence and bravery, right? But like we mentioned before, it's going to be all about speed that we can cover uh, and, and get to the ball, right? The speed that we can cover ground. Um, and, and can we get to the ball? So phase two, again, like I said, tutorials are going to come, so we're not going to overcomplicate this with a ton of words. Basically, phase two means uh, you and the shooter get there at the same time, or you get there just before the shooter, or he gets there just after you, right? There's a, it's a moment of contact where the foot strikes the ball as your hands strike the ball. So you're basically striking one another with the ball being in the middle, right? With the ball being the only thing separating you and the attacker's foot. And sometimes the ball gets out of the way and do strike one another. But um, if you do it in a way that we're going to present, even then you should be pretty safe. So the big problem with this is fear, okay? For anyone, for, for entry-level goalkeeper to professional, the problem is fear. So even for a professional, if they are not fine-tuning and, and working on this technique and I'll call it skill, regularly throughout the course of their season right it'll be something that starts to become less and less of your game right they'll they'll pull away more and, and try to stand up more in some of those moments instead of really being aggressive in those moments where they can get to the feet of the attacker um so basically the idea like will said before there's a moment where it could be like a phase one right it could still be a through ball it's a, ahead of the attacker or it's getting past the attacker and they're catching up to it and they're going to shoot it first time and we're getting out first time. And in that moment, the speed is so important, right? The speed and the commitment is so important. Or it could also be a moment where uh, like a phase three that turns into a phase two where the attacker has the ball at their feet, they're dribbling, 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 and then they prepare the ball and shoot it. And what I said there is going to be the most important thing when we talk about 1v1 that's going to be 
our phase two 1v1 that's going to be probably a little bit different than even kind of what Will said earlier. And this might even be the first time Will's heard me say this because that's the way a lot the way a lot of this stuff goes sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to change. I don't like it when I get stuck doing the same thing too much the same for too long. Um, so I'm going to talk about big touch, Will. All right. Can you beat me to the chase? Do you think you can crack the code and, and figure out what I'm going to say before I say it? I don't know. I don't know if we're on the, we're on the same wavelength here. Uh, but I feel like we might, I mean, once I hear you say it, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, okay. I get it. But okay. Um, All right, fine. Well, yeah, we'll, just, we'll, I, I we'll get to it then. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's the idea, right? So every coach ever, right. In a, in a, in these 50, 50 moments, and we're talking about striking the ball with our hands. Okay. So the, so the only thing different technique wise versus in phase one versus phase two, uh, you're running and diving. Sure. Uh, in as few steps as possible, sure, getting the ball as early as possible on the most direct line possible. Uh, same as phase one and phase two. Only thing different from a technique standpoint, right, in phase two, you have to make sure that you're protecting your hands so you can't have them in a catching shape, which means your, hand, your bottom, obviously bottom hand in a catching shape for a low dive, bottom hand on behind the ball, top hand on top, and your fingertips are kind of curled around the edges of the ball. We don't want to do that in this moment because we don't want to injure our hands. So we're actually going to be striking the ball with the, the hard part of your palm, right? That part that you all chew your gloves up with. So, you know, you chew your gloves up there so much. Uh, you know what I'm talking about when I say that? And then almost down into your, like, your wrist strap of, of the glove, right? That's where you're going to strike both those at the same time on the ball with bent elbows. Uh, I, don't, I don't know a good way to describe it. Um, the same way that you would, like, spike a volleyball yeah. except while using both hands at the same time yeah if that makes sense that's about that's the best the closest thing i can think of yeah uh, and you're going to time that action you know most likely because you're you know you're getting there at the same time as the shooter you're try to time that same time the shooter's foot striking the ball if if you happen to be getting there before the shooter you're probably still going to try to be as as aggressive and strong there if you know the foot's going through that's a little bit trickier right? If you're kind of just there before them, but more or less, you're going to play it the same way. Uh, our head, this is a little bit crazy, but our head is actually, we're going to try to keep our head as close as we can tucked in behind our elbows um, as we strike that ball. So the, actually the distance between the ball and our face is pretty close. If the distance between the ball and your face and your hands is far away because your arms are really straight, there's a lot more chance there that you get hit in the face with the ball or uh, you get kicked in the face or whatever. So we were, again, any of these one V one moments where we're going to ground leading with our hands, we want our head to be right behind our elbows. It's really close, right? Really close. That's where we're really safe. And that's where we keep from getting uh, contact in the face. So back to my, what I was trying to trick Will with. So we decide to go, when there's this moment, there's this moment, right? The ball gets away from the attacker, the pass is a little bit long, or the ball gets away from the attacker. What I was trying to set Will up for was, I've always taught the attacker takes a big touch. I think the problem with that, especially with now everybody wanting to play everything like a phase three, is nothing looks big enough to signal the goalkeeper that they should go and make this challenge. Yeah. So I'm going to spin that around its head and I'm going to say, no, 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 we're not going to call it a big touch anymore. Right? So for, 
for the kind of the way that we're going to change the way we think about this, we have to think of one other thing that I've already talked about, and that's proximity, right? We have to make sure that we've been able to close down and get pretty close, right, to the attacker first. Because this is not going to work. Phase two is not going to work. You're not going to be able to get in. If an attacker's dribbling the ball, you're not going to likely be able to get to that ball if they're 10 yards away from you probably going to have to be within seven, six yards yeah. or closer as they go from dribble, dribble, dribble to prep, touch, to shoot. Uh, but so instead of looking for big touch, I want us now to look for, okay, we're close. We've done our good job. We've closed down because one, we were smart. We, we read that it was going to be a through ball or a 1v1. We cheated out high, right? And then that moment happened, we started to move forward. So we've got proximity. We're within you know, eight, seven, six, five yards, whatever. Uh, you'll know as these moments happen. If you're that close to the ball, eight yards is pretty far. And that attacker goes from dribble to prepare to shoot. That's your signal to go. Yeah. So we're changing the signal from big touch to prep touch. And I would need to be on the field to be able to demonstrate this for you. But imagine, uh, you know, a striker dribbling at goal with no defenders around. They're probably going to be taking touches with their laces so they can run top speed. So touch, touch, touch. When they prepare to shoot, it's most likely going to be off to a little bit of an angle. Yeah. Right. If they're shooting with their right, off to the right slightly. If they're shooting with the left, off their left slightly. Right. And it's going to be a little bit bigger. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. The reason that that's our moment to go is not because of the bigger touch. It's not because of the space. It's because of time and the window that is presented for us to now get the ball. Because I'm dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. Take one, one step, one touch, one step, one touch, one step, one touch, or more, right? But that's the fastest I can do it. No player in the world, unless they're going to toe poke it at you in stride, can take the prep touch with the same foot and then shoot without two steps, right? They touch yeah. it with the right foot. The right foot comes back down on the ground. They go to plant left with the plant. left foot and they shoot. So it's mm -hmm. touch, step, step, shot, right? So in the time it takes them to go hot, you can take step, step, dive, yeah. right? And that how much ground you can cover in the time that it takes that shooter to go step step shoot i'm gonna see they're preparing with their right foot that means you'd be diving on your left side that means you're probably stepping with the right foot left foot halting their foot, and you would be very surprised even as a 12 or 13 year old goalkeeper if you take a very direct line i would say that you can probably cover five Four, four to six yards with that step-step direct line dive to the ball. And here's the cool thing, too, is that shooter, they can only probably cover half that distance, right? Because they have to stay in a line like this, right, straight up and down where they're over top of the ball, and you can go diving straight at the ball. Mm -hmm. So that's the big difference, right? So we're, not, we're no longer looking for a big touch. We're looking for a prep touch. And if, we're, if we've done a good job of closing down and establishing close proximity, Prep touch, that's the signal to go. And we're going to give you a great drill. Uh, I call them 
I call these ta- I call these moments tackles. If you're you know me in my world, I call this two hand challenge to the ball. I call this a tackle. Uh, and in, in in that world, in my world of goalkeeping, in a 50-50 moment, there's no scenario where you use your legs or your feet. I don't think that's safe. I think if this moment happens where the shooter's shooting at the same time and you're close enough, you have to use your hands. My last point about that, in any 1v1, the only way in a 1v1 moment where the attacker's trying to shoot and score on you, the only way that you can guarantee they do not score and the ball does not go in the goal in that moment is if you put your hands on it. You could make an argument that you could do it with your feet, but I've seen way too many times where that same thing happens when a goalkeeper makes a challenge with their foot and it hits their foot and still ends up in the goal. Phase two, go in your hands. I cannot stress the importance of your establishing this, this ability to do this, this ability to be brave in this moment. Uh, and again, we're gonna show you, my, it's my favorite drill. I started doing it during the end of my pro career as the last thing I would do in my warm-up to kind of set my mentality get me ready to make these big plays, these big, you know, quote unquote, dangerous plays, which actually aren't dangerous if you do it the right way. It's a lot safer than leading with your feet or spreading. Um, and then I got in coaching the pro level. This became a staple in our, our week leading up to the game towards the end of the week. Just a few of these, just to get your mentality right. Uh, and then as part of the warm-up, every single pro goalkeeper that I work with loved using this as part of their warm-up. Just, just a couple, right? Two or three balls like this to feel. And, and I'm going to give you that drill um, later. Well, this will probably be this week. So you'll see that in the next couple of days. Um, will, bring, yeah. us, bring us sort of full circle on uh, was that close? Were you thinking that? Oh, uh, yeah. Is that what you were thinking? I mean, I, I wasn't – no, like I wasn't really thinking anything, uh, but when you said it, I mean, it was exactly because I mean, that, that's definitely true. With uh, I mean, just thinking about like you said, I mean, a touch never looks big enough, and then it's just that one that's like way too big that's when they're gonna decide to go, yeah, versus anything that's within I don't know, and that one there's no contact anyway, yeah, exactly. So it, it turns into a phase one, and so like yeah. the, the, the one and three are the ones that were kind of. And, and I mean, I even thinking back my way up um, as like a, a kid, uh, you know, phase two was a thing years ago when I first started playing in the net, you know, like I did that a lot. Yeah. And I mean, maybe I didn't do it the same way. I still, but, and I still, I still think it's a thing. I still think most coaches are coaching it. Yeah. I just think that the phase three is bleeding so hard into phase two yeah. that most goalkeepers when they're thrown into that moment and have to decide what to do are just going to default to phase three. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I remember getting into tackles a lot uh, as, as like at age, I don't know, 13 through say 15. And then, you know, for me, it was, it was Joe Hart came into, into popularity yeah, and it was the, the yeah. spread, the block, the side volley all at one time. Those were the things to do. And so then yeah. it was like one in three kind of became more common. And then phase two almost disappeared, at least for me when I was playing. And uh, yeah. then you know, time goes by and then you come back around and I'm like 22 at Pitt with Bahonic and we're back to getting into tackles and it's like higher starting spot. You know, we're playing five, six yards off the line in small sided double 18 games and taking yeah. out every single through ball because we've got just such a jump on the play. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, it, it's just so effective when you do it right. 
you know, it, I mean, you can avoid all of those, those phase three instances of where the striker does get a shot off. And like you said, the only way to prevent any shot on goal is to get your hands to the ball and which would be a phase two tackle. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's an excellent summary of, of, of kind of where we just went with this. So, and listen, we're like, I said, this is the third time I say it. We're, we're going to give you videos. We're going to give you the tools. We're going to be very specific. Um, Cause I can't show you how to do that in my car. And I don't think Will can right now in his garage either. So, yeah, so I think that's pretty good. So, so again, remember our theme for phase one speed phase two bravery speed is still just as much a part of a big part of, of phase two, right? You need speed and bravery for phase two underlying theme for all of this is decisiveness like make, being able to make a decision and, and follow through with it and commit to it, hesitation kills, right? Hesitation yeah. is the enemy right? in these moments. I think, obviously, you're going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to hesitate as a youth goalkeeper. You have to make all those mistakes yeah. uh, to develop a comfort level with this. But even more importantly, the earlier you can get used to reading that a 1v1 is going to develop and you can get to a higher starting point, this is the same thing I talk about with crosses. Your decision whether to go or whether to close your line. Everything is hard when you're very close to your line. And look, if there's still a chance that they can get a shot off because your defender's not on top of them, you can't cheat high, right? You can't. So, mm -hmm. so there are some sort of – there's always a counterexample for everything that we're saying. But most of the time, a through ball's being played or players dribbling around a defender – in moments where the defender was on top of the ball, right, or closing, right? And, and that gives you the chance to cheat to a higher spot because there is pressure on that player with the ball that is either going to dribble around or that is going to be playing the through ball to the player running. Not a lot. You got anything, anything else? Uh, I want to say, to your point on uh, hesitation, so – Yeah. And I, it, this is probably an easier thing to show than to say, but in phase two – even if you feel like you're not going to be able to get there at the same time or before this, the attacker makes contact, you're still better off getting your hands 100%. as close to the ball as possible. Because 100%. what happens is, I mean, we see this in, I've seen this in training. I saw this in training last night is, you know, they, they initially commit to that phase two tackle to get their hands to ball. And then they realize that they're not going to get there in time. So then they bail backwards and then they kind of like yeah. end up laying sideways. And when that happens, like number one, you're, you're, the goal's pretty big. I mean, you can, the ball can go over you pretty easily, but then you can also get hit with the ball in places where you really don't oh, yeah. want to hit and yeah. you can get kicked. Uh, I had a years ago, I, I did this where I went out for a tackle and I knew I was late and I bailed backwards and didn't get in, didn't go straight up and down. And the attacker yeah. just swung at the ball and didn't even look and kicked, got all of me, none of the ball. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, I mean, if, if you can't get right up to the ball, even a yard away from it is still, you still have a pretty good chance of making contact with it after they shoot. Yeah. And so I think Dan Lynn, the year that he was our pro team goalkeeper, obviously you play with Dan at Pitt. Yeah. Um, I coached Dan when he was in college and, you know, on the Riverhounds pro team, there were two or three amazing 1v1 saves that Dan made that year that I don't think very many other pro team goalkeepers would have committed to with their hands. Mm -hmm. And all of those were instances where the attacker was, was shooting first time the ball and they're 
I mean, well before Dan. But yeah. the fact that he committed with such speed and such aggression on such a direct line of the ball, as the ball's hit, it travels a little bit, but then his hands are there, boom. Yeah. And he makes a play. And in two of those situations, the ball would have probably kind of spun up and around and then ended up back behind him and maybe in the goal. But because he acted so quickly and so aggressively, the defenders were able to clean that up. You know what I mean? And had he not, had he just stayed there and stood up, who knows? Maybe he makes a a standing up save or or maybe he doesn't. But he only made those plays, which I would call game savers, right? Yeah. Because he committed. And and I think a lot of that's because we did these so regularly. And it was such a part of our – and it just builds the comfort level. It builds the confidence level. And you do these in training, and these moments, you see these moments more often. You see these moments where you can go and win the ball. And honestly, even at the pro level, you get in this situation, you call keeper, and you commit so hard. Most of the time, a lot of the time, the attacker will bail before there even is that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And this seems like one of those things with goalkeeping that, like, this element and then maybe crosses, like, it seems to atrophy, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. for, for me, like, having not not training frequently like i still feel like i can go out and do shot stopping and and dive yeah. around and stuff but when it comes to yeah. to this stuff i think it would take some time to get back in i mean it, yeah. like if you're not doing it Absolutely. for a while it's not going to happen right away yeah yeah and, and again i think you know at, at the pro level in the college level you have the luxury of like a, a weekly training cycle you know what i yeah. mean a lead up to a game right where mm-hmm. beginning of the week starts harder and then end of the week starts to taper and you work on distribution and crosses. I always included a small, small, small piece of this at the end of the week, which is a little bit different to that model of slow it down. And you know what I mean? Because I wanted that level of sharpness and that level of uh, sort of controlled, you know, prepared for controlled aggression in that moment where these guys are ready to make those plays. And and it was so cool that, especially that year, because, uh, you know, Dan, play, Dan Lynn played, Mike Kirk played, Kyle Morton played. All those guys played. All of them had moments where they, where they made these plays. And, again, it's not necessarily because of what I was teaching them to do, but I think it was very much a product of them doing it regularly. Yeah, it makes for an interesting case study, you know, looking at yeah. just that in training consistently versus not doing it otherwise and – because I mean, there weren't like we just didn't we just talk about that that season? There weren't a lot of goals conceded that season. Well, yeah, uh, since Bob's been there, there haven't been a lot of goals yeah, conceded. So yeah, it's right. Part of his right. process. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty. Uh, I think we pretty much hammered down phase one and phase two. Uh, phase three again. That's going to be standing up when the attacker has possession, right? And and the the theme word for that is going to be patience. And I think that's going to be a tricky one because. A lot of these blocking shapes, we we committed into a shape, right, without the patience part, and then we concede the ball in places where it probably would have been easy to save uh, had we been able to stay in a a way that gives our body more control um, to make saves. So that's going to be kind of the big talking point. I think we'll be able to go full podcast on that. Yeah. Um, What should we do now? We got I got pulled in my driveway, so I'm going to get in trouble if I stay here too much longer. Plug like the socials. You, uh, got, yeah. you got you got anything you got anything else coming up? Any an exciting Marshall Fitness? I'm about to finish my my uh, yeah. Oh, look at that! My, my Marshall Fitness 
uh i'm week seven right oh yeah yeah so you're, so. you're right at the end yeah uh yeah. no nah, i got i have nothing coming up i mean i'm doing uh another program it was the same people that wrote squatober this this program's called a it's called benjamin franklin and uh so it's bench That's four great. days out That's of the great. week and yeah. uh it's i mean i had so much fun with squatober so i was like I, i'll do another one and uh I mean, after Squatober was like, it was like PR city for me, 355 back squat, 300 front squat, 225 bench, like all stuff that I've been looking to hit for a long time. So, uh, I mean, I'm just yeah. sticking with the theme of, of getting, getting strong and just eating as much as I can for the next, well, until it gets warm again. So still writing the goalkeeper yeah. speed and strength program. Pound club? What's that? Thousand pound club yet? Thousand pound club yet? Uh, that was a high school football thing at my high school. I'm super close. I'm at squat, four, bench, four, deadlift, seven fifty-five. I'm at nine eighty. And I, I'm quite. Yeah, I'm right there. Goals. Yeah, I'll get there after this month. I bet I'll get there. Add twenty pounds to the bench. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, all right, well, go ahead and Marshall Fitness, everybody. Hashtag Marshall Fitness. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and plug your socials. Yeah, uh, the website is marshallfitness.shop. And then my Instagram is at willmarshall underscore one. And then uh, you can find me at Facebook. I've been using Facebook a lot more now. It's just uh, Will Marshall, I think. And you'll you'll probably figure yeah. out that it's me. But, yeah. Then YouTube, YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, my YouTube. Uh, I've been posting oh, exercise videos uh, on there. Yeah, that's under Will Marshall also. That's coming, right? Goalkeeper specific uh, speed and strength. Pro yeah, yeah. I just laid down the I have like a third of it done. It's gonna be pretty thick, I think. Uh, it's gonna have like a lot of progressions. So I mean, the idea is that if you have it and you're starting at the beginning, I mean, there's you'll pretty much be able to use it because there's gonna be two more progressions following that that just get more and more advanced. So uh, hopefully, once I get it all together, it it kind of flows pretty nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh, big, big, huge announcement for a GK for free yes. podcast and, and our GK for free, uh, media project world. I don't know. We got to come up with a name for, for all the video stuff. <laughs> um, that's coming next week. The plan is for Tuesday, big announcement. So stay that's tuned. My birthday. I got to make sure I get this out. Woo. Even better. Got to make sure I get this yeah. out by then. Uh, so, my socials, uh, you can find all of our GK for free content on uh, my Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, the, 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 the Facebook, I'm Hunter Gilstrap. You can just find my page there, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, at Hunt Gilstrap, H-U-N-T-G-I-L-S-T-R-A-P. YouTube channel is Hunter Gilstrap Goalkeeping. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn, uh, yep. podcast. Obviously, you can find this podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It's the GK for Free podcast. And we thank you guys for hanging out with us today. We'll see you soon. All right, everyone.